I'd like to take a moment and thank our sponsor. If you have a laser device for training and you want to take it to the next level, or if you're looking to get into using a laser device for training, check out the products at laserapp.com. L-A-S-R-A-P-P.com. You can use code CSP2021 for 15% off the items you've selected. And thanks for checking them out. <laughs> so how did you end up being the guy running the Area 8 Steel Challenge Championship? Fantastic question. Thanks for asking. Oh, <laughs> actually. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> this, this, actually, this is an important one for me. Um, so when I first started shooting, there was a, a shooter whose name was Scott Bubba Cook. And... Scott was just an amazing personality. Um, he loved everything about shooting. And he basically, if there was a match, he was at it. <clears throat> um, and Scott's part of uh, the Cav was part of the Cavalier Club. And um, he basically, along with uh, Mike Valentine, Chris Dye, and Chris's wife, Tess, kind of brought USPSA shooting back to Cavaliers. Cavalier in the 80s actually had an Ipsic match that they would hold uh, on the other side of the, the, the range from where we shoot now. And it kind of died away. Scott organized bringing it back. Scott was the section coordinator. He really wanted a match at his home club. So he started bringing USPSA back. They, had, they already had an IDPA uh, club running so they leveraged the resources and they really got things going. Um, about uh, a year after they started the USPSA club, um, Scott knew that I liked shooting steel challenge also. So he came to me and said, Hey, you know, I'm a star steel challenge club. Would you shoot it? I'm like, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I was still living in Northern Virginia at the time. And so <clears throat> Scott and I worked out a deal and together we went and we bought some steel from Carl GT targets. Um, and Scott started running steel challenge matches and people would come and we would do it. And Scott was kind of running it every other month or when it was convenient sort of thing. So it didn't really pick up a lot of traction. And, um, so the club then said, Hey, we're going to build all these brand new bays. We're going to do all this. We're gonna have all this extra space. I said, Scott, I said, you know, we could probably hold, you know, a level two steel challenge match here and be pretty successful. And Scott's like, yeah, yeah, I want to do that. I want to do that. We're, we're going to do that. And then Scott had a heart attack. And so mm. it became my kind of personal goal to pull off holding a aerial level match at Cavalier. And the easiest way for me to do it was obviously through steel challenge because I can set bays, I can get everything going pretty well. And um, I only needed a few more things. So we went out and got a few more things that we needed. And that very first match um, at the staff dinner, I, I told people this story and Chris and Tess were there and Mike Valentine were there and they were just, you know, wow, it's, you know, <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's, it's, this is why this is happening. It's, hap it's happening because this is what Bubba wanted. And um, 
I had the ability to make it happen, so I did it. Oh, and nice. Ted, Ted, Ted was happy too because the board at that point in time was getting crap because not every area was holding a steel challenge match. So I was like, ah, mm. one still. Okay. Yeah. So that's where I came so, from. Okay. So last year was your first one, correct? Yeah. Okay. Um, this year is your second one. It's at Cavalier again. And yes. it looks like it starts May 13th. Correct. Friday the 13th. Lucky day to start. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Um, I will have to say, though, at Cavalier, there's one thing that uh, I had to say that I really liked because I shot there before was the timer on the table. Uh, that was just pretty awesome, you know. Yeah, the big board? Right there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, those are so. Yep. That. Yeah, I love that thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually. Um, so. Those those exist for two reasons, and and they're actually in the club's possession for one of these two reasons. The first reason that they exist is the um, uh, CED up in Pennsylvania. Uh, the guy who owns that, Brian, um, him and Saul, uh, but they shoot internationally on, and they shoot a lot of um, airsoft stuff. And so they would have their timers set to so so soft of pickup that they they actually had to put the big boards back in the back because that's where they scored everything. So they they created that out of necessity. Then. The USPSA necessity happened because of a guy named Paul Hendricks. And so I don't know if you guys are familiar. Um, there was a, a shooter uh, who was a CRO at major matches all across the country, um, you know, nationals. And um, you might have ever heard the thing, don't plus to me, bro. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah I heard the story. Paul was famous for blah, 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 shooting, 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 right? 13 seconds when reality or time was 12 seconds or mm. 11 seconds. But if you were his friend, mm -hmm. nine seconds, boop, clear the timer. And he literally cost people money, financial gain, money in three gun matches, in national championship matches. Wow. And he is he was removed from the sport he was mm -hmm. you know don't come here and don't play no more right and it was right at that time and we were running the virginia maryland match and scott bubba cook um was like i am not gonna have any hanky panky everyone's gonna see what the time is he went to cd struck a deal with them and bought 10 big boards and we put those suckers out on every stage. And there was no questions. Didn't matter what the RRO did. When that timer stopped at that last shot, it showed up on that big board. Done. Yeah. Yeah, I like those things. They're awesome. Yeah. yeah. Now, you know, so the, the advent from that is now, you know, the practice score commander and the other uh, Bluetooth enabled connectivities. 
and they have a little bit of, you know, there's a learning curve still with those and there's some great benefits to them because they add all your splits and all that other stuff into your, right. uh, your, your score. But they have a very short range, very limited range. That Bluetooth range is you know, 30 feet at best. If that tablet right. out of that, it's not going to pick it up. You have to sync it back and pull it down. Whereas with the big boards, there are a RF and their range is closer to 75 feet. Right. Oh, well, and that would answer the qu That's why, because I asked Foley about those also. Right. I'm like, hey, I said that, uh, I forget which, oh, it was Area 8, um, not last year, the year before, so 2020. Yep. That's where Nils beat Mason, I think, for production. Yeah. And come to find out, some people were saying, well, there was a, a timing error where some shots may not have been picked up yep. Um, or there was, there was some, either wasn't picked up or the, it was read incorrectly. There was some snafu. Yeah. There and was, I yeah. As I understand it, there was one arrow who ran nils didn't catch the last shot because he had his hand behind his back already protecting the timer. And the other RO actually left the timer out and caught Mason's rack. Oh, wow. Mm. So, and, and that's where the disparity was. And, you know, okay. Video is like, you know, you can see the arrows like, whoop. <laughs> and, right. You know, the other arrow is still like doing this, you know, when Mason's clearing his gun. But that's where I was, I was, I mentioned those boards to Foley. I was like, why not have those at area matches where you can put those out? And I can, and the thing he brought up was, well, they're Bluetooth. And when you have a dynamic stage, you're probably not going to be close enough to pick it up anyway. Yeah, I did not are, realize those were RF. Yeah, these are RF. So that, that's, yeah, these are RF. The practice score, commander, links, those are all Bluetooth. Right. You know, that, that's an open proprietary technology CED double alpha actually has to pay the FCC for RF frequency for all of these. Oh, wow. Wow. Right. So it's, it, you know, there, there's engineering and licensing in those boards and in the timers that go with them. But yeah. I mean, if you're in the USPSA, I mean, it's a one-time purchase, you know, and then from there, it's just maintenance or replacement, you know? So yeah, it's not. Low. I mean, I store mine in my Connex all winter long. The LEDs don't break. Um, I think I've only had one, and they're close to ten years old and pretty regular use. Um, that I've got an LED that's out on, so they're they're pretty rugged. Nice. So when you stop and you look at it, <clears throat> you know, for a stage, right? And you be a big economics of this. Um, to buy a big board and a timer that matches with it, um, you're looking at 300 bucks. Where okay. and you still need a scoring device. So, whereas what they've done with Commander and the Pocket Pro 2E that has the Bluetooth in it, what they've basically done is they built a Bluetooth link between the tablet and the device, the timer device, and they can pay for a $200 timer and hundred dollar tablet and be three hundred dollars and 
get the same effect. They just scoring ROs kind of, especially at nationals and area matches, supposed to be watching, not scoring for foot faults and penalties and muzzle and right. other things that the ROs and CROs are supposed to be doing to safely conduct you through this course and not worrying about, am I in 30 feet? Right. 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 30, 30 feet from the timer at the end of the course might be dangerous. Right. Yeah. Well, and you know, I'm, I mean, I'm getting a little bit off track here, but one of the reasons I was talking to him was, you know, trying to make this more of a spectator sport. Like let's say, um, What's the uh, name of the range there in Grand Junction, Colorado? Oh, where they're yeah. holding nationals this year. Um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. So that whole place is wired for sound. Yes, it is. And when I talked to Jim Mac Burnett about it, he yep. was ta- he was the one who was one of the people who, yeah, he did all that stuff, um, or his company. And I was like, it's, it's you can put a camera on every single stage and live stream the entire thing. Then if you were to take one of those big boards and put them up on top of a wall, yeah, like almost in the middle of the stage where it's visible by the camera, when you're, when that stage is done, when Nils is done shooting, his time would be up on the board and people watching streaming be like wow that's pretty solid then if there was another you know i don't, I don't if there was a way that go ahead you gotta remember <laughs> this, this this is a convenient size right because it stores yes easy, does what it's got to do there's nothing saying you can't make this eight foot tall right it's just an led it's right pretty damn basic and it's just the cost, right? Yeah. Right. Um, so actually, I was having this exact conversation about uh, the viability of mainstreaming, if you will, practical shooting. And so Steel Challenge was initially designed, incentivized, uh, thought of as a televisable shooting sport because you could actually have a camera mounted kind of obtusely behind the shooter's box that would see all the steel you could see the shooter and the, sh- the participants video wise could see what's actually going on they could mm-hmm. see the shoot they could see the movements they could see that they could see yeah. the head. they could see that they could hear the report of the, the steel being wrong and it's interactive it's instant gratification there's not this Everybody walks around, right? You know, it's just because that's boring. That's not TV, right? Right. You don't, you don't spend time watching a golf tournament, watching the guys walk from hole to hole. You correct shoot, and then you go to a different guy and you see him shoot. So you have to get that boring part out. And the problem is, is the rest of practical shooting, no matter what it is, three gun, USPSA, IDPA, eighty percent of the time is the boring part. So when you live stream an event like that, what do you do for that 80% of the time? Do you have color commentators? Do you have, you know, oh, did you see that? Did you that, that brass projected in that perfect pattern? What kind of stuff? Oh, yeah. No, no, yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. You know, John Madden, you need a gun to shoot, right? <laughs> and 
But Steel Challenge is actually designed for television. It, that's what it was originally designed for. It was designed to be on television. And uh, in Southern California and Arizona, they actually ran um, PBS broadcasts where they would do weeknight steel challenge shooting under the lights at Rio Salado. Huh. And people watched it. The problem is, wow. there's PBS, there's no money. Mm-hmm. The Steel Challenge belonged to a different organization, and they pissed it away. USPSA bought it, and, well, you know, TV's not where they want to spend money, and I can't blame them. Now, you know, the the improvements in live streaming, the improvements in web presence has radically changed over the last 30 years. And Sure. You know, we've live streamed a couple of national levels events. Um, they're going to live stream the world speed shoot here, uh, you know, in a couple months. And that's going to be presentable, right? People can watch that because if they're engineering it correctly and they've got camera on bay one, camera on bay two, camera on bay three, camera on bay four, they can intentionally stagger the shooters or the video feed. So that, hey, you know what? On stage one, here's Max Michelle. <laughs> hey, on stage two, you know, North. <laughs> right? And here's Casey Asedio. Right? What the hell just happened? You know? <laughs> you know? And then they're like, oh, and here's Grant Gunkel on stage. <laughs> what the hell happened? <laughs> you know? And then, oh, here's Kevin McPhee shooting stage one. Bang. Bang. you know the same thing right but that's that's essentially what you're going to get but if you had a commentary you could say now kevin's going to show us what they're doing on these stages so you can see right there you go (laughs) you know that's the thing is so um you know last year they they tell they they live streamed uh some of the world speed shooting championship and they had a, a little bit of that back and forth kind of commentator, but it was, it, it wasn't well thought out. You know, it was their, their first real event that they were trying to live stream. They had some, I'll call them obtuse camera angles that weren't very good, conductive to what they were trying to do. They were focused on the shooter. Well, the problem is, is if you go back and you watch those old PBS broadcasts, it was not looking at the shooter. It was basically looking over the shooter's shoulder so you can see the steel and see the gun. And that's what. Yeah. Yeah. That's like you would see in a lot of the um, video games. Right. You know, you can get that over the shoulder look. Right. You know, I, I think that's a great idea. I also like the fact that, like, you know, uh, watching Nationals, uh, was it last year? Uh, you know, at Talladega, it, it was nice. It was great. Uh, but like you said, it seemed like it was like, okay, we're going to follow super squad and maybe a couple other shooters that are not with the super squad that, but are good, decent shooters. Yeah. But you know, I'm like, well, Dave was down there shooting and I want to see Dave cause he's my, he's my boy, you know, <laughs> you know, we're co-hosting a podcast and it's like, where's he at? You know, I, I want to see him, you know? It'd be cool, but you don't see it. You know, um, I think it would be cool if they, 
if it was a feasible and it was available and it could be done, that they could put cameras up on all the stages. That way, if family members want to watch their family member shoot, but they can't make it to the to actual competition, they can watch them. That's you right. know. Yeah. So this is um. So I think it was uh 2018. Uh, Jake Martins, uh, the director of media for the organization, you know, at at, at a board meeting. Uh, we were talking about front site and we were talking about how it's perceived and, you know, what changes we wanted to make to, to front site to, to make it more, right, friendly. And, uh, you know, one of the things that really that, that he brought up was um, if you looked at a copy of front site uh, pre-2018, um, every picture of somebody shooting was somebody wearing a bowling chip. You know, it was name shooter so and so, name shooter so and so, sponsored shooter from Guacamole, sponsored shooter from CZ, sponsored shooter from, you know, Smith and Wesson or, you know, Springfield Armory. Right. And Jake was just like, it's not that that that's not in, encouraging or per uh, the, the the regular members. You know, the guy who shows up and he's wearing, you know, a T-shirt. Right. Right. And and there was actually a conscious effort by Jake to start taking pictures and accepting pictures for front site articles that included everybody, mm -hmm. not just the bowling shirt wearers. Right. Yeah. And, and, and so I say it that way because, you know, when you stop and look at it, we're, you know, we're, we're NASCAR, <laughs> right? You know, yeah. you got on your shirt. Yeah. You know, some, some guys yeah. wear stuff on their shirt. They have no relationship to the company at all. You know, I like wearing match staff shirts a lot that still have all the logos on them. And, you know, uh, or organizations like EGW, who've been perennial sponsors for Area 8 matches for 15 years plus, they love it when people show up and they're wearing an EGW shirt from a match 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. Or they're wearing you know, last year's steel challenge championship or the area eight championship. And for them, it's, it's free advertising, right? Cause the shooter who doesn't know what EGW is, is going to go, what's EGW. And then somebody's going to tell them and it's part of our sport, but we also have to make sure that we get the inclusivity of the people who aren't wearing bowling shirts at matches inside of these magazines so that the people who join the organization who don't have a bowling shirt realize that they don't have to have a bowling shirt to go out and have fun. <laughs> Correct. Well, I, I think we yeah. should, I think we should start this at Cavalier and we should start like, you know, doing your own televised uh, section from there. And, you know, yeah, you know I, Huggy, I, I love you to death, but there is, there is a specific thing that makes Cavalier the best gun range on the east coast i'm gonna say kevin mcphee nope there's no cell <laughs> yeah there's no cell yeah. signal no he doubt. is right uh, okay. due to nuts there's no <laughs> yeah there is none yeah well i would have to say there and uh shadowhawk has a little bit it's not the greatest but there's some but, it's some right but and, i mean they have put some Wi-Fi there, so there's right. Some. But you, 
you have to stand like a certain way with the holding the phone in the parking lot in front of the main training building yeah or right next to the porta potty in little parts yeah <laughs> yeah yep yeah, that's where i usually get it you, but you got to put you got to put your left hand on the porta potty exactly yeah. <laughs> first, that very first match i was telling you guys that lynn had chris chris Viverette and i are up in that clubhouse trying to actually get the scores put push to a master tablet and then up to practice score and we were there for two and a half hours waiting for that score to push to practice score because that wow. internet was so slow yeah yeah oh, wow. brutal mm. but cavalier yeah that that's actually you know it's a drawback and it's also an amazing thing because i can go there and work can't call me <laughs> <laughs> and, and people aren't hanging out looking at their phones either. Right. And, and, they're and, not. And, and, unless they're a preteen and they don't care because they're just looking at their old Instagram stuff. Right. right. Or, or, yeah, or I mean, filming their next TikTok. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I... have seen that happen, but I've seen that happen. The first time I shot there, I thought my phone was going to die because I'm like, what? I, I got done with the match and I'm like, why am I like 20% on my battery? And then I realized the whole time it's trying to connect to the internet, you know, to some type of cell signal, yep. and it just wore my battery out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But we learned one thing, though. When Dave goes to Cavalier, he goes warp speed. <laughs> I don't know how he does it, but when Leo and I were sitting there at a restaurant waiting for him to show up and so because we had gotten there early. And so he sends us a little thing that shows him on the map saying, leaving now. And it showed him. And we were like, oh, I, I can't remember. I think Glimpse was the app. That yep, he sent. it's Glimpse. And so we're sitting there going like, oh, there he is. Okay. And we're sitting there laughing and talking. And we're watching him go down. And all of a sudden, we're like, man, it's, he's never going to get here in time. He's never going to get here in time. And then all of a sudden, it's just like that dot went from here. And it just went. Ashland. Right. Well, yeah. How did he do that? You know, <laughs> we like he. We like he found a black hole. We know he did. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's 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 kind of funny because it's um, you know, there there's certain places getting to certain places in in the in, in the DMV that you know it could be it could be a hundred yards away and it's still going to take you thirty minutes because you live right. in DMV. Right. Um. And if you want to leave the DMV, you actually have to fight the gravitational suck of DC. Yes. And that extends now to basically just south of Fredericksburg. And once you get past that gravitational suck, you can actually travel at normal velocities, which in this case is 80 miles an hour. And that is actually why 95 got shut down in the snowstorm. It had nothing to do with the snow. It was the gravitational suck. Yep. Yep. So everybody thought that was like, oh my God. No. No, you just got stuck in that gravitational pull. Yeah, that's just <laughs> DC. That's yeah. all that is. Oh yeah, that's why. That's why I like living out in Front Royal. I'm telling you, once the gravitational suck ends at pretty much Gainesville. Yes. Yeah. Going west, it's, it, it ends at Gainesville. Coming south, it ends at basically Fredericksburg, just south of Fredericksburg. Yep. Yeah, uh, Thornburg. Going going north, it ends uh, somewhere around Poughkeepsie, New York. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you might be right. It's true. Oh, <laughs> Lord. 
at the very end uh, of the walk. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right, so Kevin, it looks like it looks like you can have what four hundred shooters. Well, uh, there's the capability. Yeah, so I'm I'm actually I'm targeting um, about uh, two hundred and fifty com guns of competition over the three days. Um, the the first year I actually was I was looking for four days of shooting. I was actually going to start shooting Thursday, and then do Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, so Thursday would be staff. Then I'd have a dual session Friday, dual session Saturday, and a single session on Sunday. Um, okay. And last year was really, really rough because the COVID, the ammo, primers, everything. It was everything. Just, it was a perfect storm of suck in, <laughs> in the shooting world. Um, people didn't want to travel. There were problems with this. There was problems with that. You know. It was a mess. And so this year, um, you know, we're still folk, you know, facing some of the ammo issues. We're still facing some of the, you know, primer shortage and things like that. And so what I did this year is just like, okay, staff's going to shoot Friday morning. Um, we'll have four squads of staff. And then I'll have Friday afternoon, Saturday, sun, you know, Saturday a.m. p.m. and Sunday. And I can fit about. 250 competitors in there with the, you know, staff being segregated out. And so we opened up uh, the registration on the first and I'm sitting, you know, right now at about a hundred of those 250 slots left open. So I, I've sold three quarters of the match out in basically three days. 135 now. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, you know, Last last year, that's what I had. I mean, I'm already at what I had last year. Wow! And, oh, well, and with three months still to go. Right. So I'm, I'm I'm really hoping that you know, and if I and if I push all the way up, and there's people and, and there's a wait list issue, um, I, I can actually rebalance my staff and have squads that have regular competitors on it on Friday morning. And that, that would be the, the best worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, ultimately the goal would be to get it to a point where I'm running 300, 400 guns, you know, at the match, but I gotta, I gotta get past the ammo shortage. I gotta get past the primer shortage. I gotta get past COVID. And, and I think all matches kind of, kind of been seeing that, you know, um, a lot of big matches, the attendance isn't as down, but this was a first-year steel challenge match. It was at a club that's never held a big match. Um, so there was a lot of what-ifs and how-comes that weren't quite answerable yet. And I think we solved a lot of the, the logistical problems. Uh, the match flowed great last year. Nobody waited for a bay. Um, and everybody was done on time. Nice. Nice. Well, I'll okay. make sure that we won't that there won't be a guy there with a forty shooting still. That, you, you, so there's no problem with you shooting forty, Huggy. It's you just can't shoot sub gun forty. No, it wasn't me. Trust me, it wasn't me. I shoot nine. <laughs> I, this is my opportunity because that person's not here. That's right. That was Leo, right? Yeah, yeah. it was Leo. Oh yeah. I, 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 trust me, I remember because my my wife's like. 
where is all this spall coming from? And I'm like, that guy? <laughs> <laughs> That'll be his new nickname, Spall. Yeah. <laughs> You're no longer Panda. <laughs> Uh, well, that, that I mean, that's good that you're going to get much closer to capacity. That'll be good. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather now, have you know, I'd rather have the number set at what I think I can get rather than shoot for the moon. You know, and obviously when you, when your budget matches like this, you gotta you gotta budget best pick case, worst case scenario. Right. So, like you know, last year we had worst case scenario. I still held the match. Um, match ran into the red and. It's what it was, you know. Um, this year, I'm really hoping that uh, I, I get beyond the red and I'm in the black, you know, in, solidly into the black. Um, but even right now, if I had 100% attendance and all of my match slots full, um, my 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 line that I'm going to cross is $65. Right, and it's just like, okay. <laughs> 65 bucks that's that that doesn't eat into the loss from last year but you know it's still not another loss so that's what i'm shooting for is run my match do all the things that i need to do um you know last year we cut out the stat you know the, the shooting shirts for the competitors because basically two thousand dollars i can't afford it um and you know bill like go fast don't suck actually helped me out a lot with uh, banners and signage and um, you know staff gifts, and, and Bill really stepped up and did amazing things. And you know, Bill, Bill and I have been friends for years, and it's uh, it's it's great having him in in the shooting sports in that capacity because he cares about the shooters, and he does it. He's not doing it because he wants to make a lot of money. He's doing it because it's fun. It's cool. And he cares about the shooters, and yep. yeah, you know. you're absolutely right. I, I I love Bill. I mean, hell, I even got my own banner. He says I'm special. There you go, special Ed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what I think he thinks about me. <laughs> yeah. So is Bill going to be out there again this year? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so EGW is the main sponsor. Who do you and? I, I take it Bill's somewhat like a sponsor as well. I yeah. mean, with as much help. So, yeah, so who I else do you have? Bill, 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 a stage sponsor. Um, uh, so I, you know, obviously ETW, um, Hunter's Gold. Um, you know, we're we're waiting on some details from uh, Tandem Cross and Bill Corson and um, uh, see here ruger you know so we've made reached out they, they've contacted us back in a lot of situations but we're just trying to figure out what they can do what they can't do um for us for this year so you know this like last year really i had three sponsors last year i had hunter's gold brian's always great i had bill and i had gt targets who basically is our target supplier so obviously gt targets is back again because we're still using gt targets and you know Carl uh, McKeever up at uh, GT Targets is just, he's great to work. He's easy. Um, so we're, you know, doing that. Uh, you know, EGW, um, you know, obviously I built a relationship with them uh, before I became the area director. 
we use them for Virginia, Maryland. I was the staff coordinator or the sponsor coordinator for three, 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 three years in a row for um, the Maryland match. And then the year that Bill and I did it, um, I, I took that on along with being the, the range master that year. And that was, that was painful. Um, <clears throat> Cause that, you know, sponsor coordinating is, um, is, is a separate skill. I mean, it, it is the ultimate, it's, it's hurting blind cats. <laughs> there you oh, go. Yeah. So yeah, we're looking at some more sponsors, which is kind of, you know, good this year. Um, I'm hoping that uh, everybody who I contacted uh, reaches out and, you know, supports the match. Um, obviously, there's, you know, there's eight stage sponsors. And so some of the uh, organizations asked if they could do division sponsorship. Uh, so we're, you know, we're looking at that. Okay. That's not too shabby. No, yeah. It's, 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 it's yeah, it'll be fun. Now we're, um, obviously I've been to Cavalier quite a few times, but their main, the, where they shoot most of their action pistol stuff. Um, there aren't enough bays to do one moment. Yeah, the dog. I love the dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there aren't enough bays right there to hold all eight stages. So how are you guys setting up Cavalier for all eight stages? Uh, so what we what we did last year and what we're doing again uh, this year, actually here, let me, so the, I've got a better map. Let me, um, okay. And let me, how do I present that? Come on, I don't, I don't, yeah, yeah, I think you would have to give me a link. Yeah. So if you oh. could put a link in the private chat, I could click on it there and then share it. Well, I think I can share from here. Okay, if you think, yeah, I'm not sure. Let me share this and I'll make. Oh, yeah, you do have a share button. Oops, nope, that's too big. So, <laughs> well, mm. I don't see anything. <laughs> oh, stand by. There we go. There go. How's that? All right. Yeah. So this is the the layout, right? So this is generally where we hold our action pistol bays right here where, um, you know, we run 108s, uh, 106, 105, the vendor area. This is generally where we hold our regular matches. So that we basically. Expect. Right. And we've got, you know, these three bays. Oh, okay. Good dog. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, I was just looking and I'm like, it looks like you, I, unless I'm just looking at it backwards, because it looks like it's turned around from what it used to be before. Nope. It's just turned sideways so that it fits in the matchbook better. Uh, okay. Right? So this is north. The club entrance is over here. Okay. This is the lake. Uh-huh. Okay. Right. So then this is our 650 yard line. And we okay. actually have bays that are down here along this edge. Mm -hmm. That's where we used to hold our matches. Okay. 
And okay. when we built these, we only use these now for big matches. Gotcha. So, um, you know, and then we've got, you know, this huge field here for parking. We've got a big parking area up here. So this parking area up here is actually designed to fit uh, 50 cars is what it's okay. designed for, 50 cars. And then this down here is obviously three, three times the size. Right. Um, you know, so what we're going to do differently this year that uh, we didn't have the ability to do last year is there's a cut through that's right here. And we had that cut through open to get up here to this bay and back up here across the bridge to the vendor areas. Mm -hmm. um, we're actually going to have a uh, shuttle or a, you know, basically a big golf cart that can take competitors from the vendor area up to 104. So you, you shoot this in zones, right? So you're going to start down here. You're going to shoot one of you know, these four stages. Right. You come up here and you're going to shoot these four stages. Gotcha. So when it's your turn to go out here to 104, which is up a little hill, we'll have a shuttle for people who are a little older, have bad knees, bad back, that we can then drive them up there. And uh, can you maximize that window? What's that? Can you maximize that window? Better. Oh, okay. I thought it would expand the map, but the map looks the same size. There we go. There you go. Yeah, that's a little, little, little big. Just a, <laughs> right there. Perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, you know, we've got this this area here, right? So the, we, we got our conics here. So last year, um, you know, we set up uh, the tent with all the tables to sit down and eat lunch and breakfast at. And then we've got all this area here that we can set vendors up at. And so last year we had uh, Ear Inc. out there, Brian Abbott uh, Safety Systems. We had Bill Duda stuff. We had GT. Um, you know, Bill Duda was kind of doing a, you know, Hunter's Gold and some stuff. And so hopefully this year, you know, we'll get some more interest from the vendors. Um, you know, one of the other vendors that we asked uh, to participate, we're waiting to hear back from is... Um, uh, Seymour, right? And they're right here in Virginia. Mm -hmm. So hopefully maybe, you know, Seymour will come down, see what we can do. Um, one of the other things that um, we're going to do is we're going to try and hold a, like a side match um, here in this to do uh, a raffle for our pack that we have at the club that helps us support uh, political, um, you know. Oh, action committee. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Can you can you elaborate at all on what the side match might be? We haven't figured out what we're going to do yet, <laughs> but most likely our plan is to actually do uh, a Texas Star shotgun shoot and oh. raffle, off, raffle off the shotgun. Wow. Oh, wow. So okay. That, that's our goal. We're working with Green Top, um, trying to get them to get us uh, a deal on a shotgun and ammo. Um, and then do like, you know, five dollars. You know, you do do it. Do a ten dollar entry. Five dollars of it goes to pack. Five dollars it goes towards paying for the shotgun, and then raffle off the shotgun. Nice. Very okay. cool. Very cool. Yeah, that is very cool. That's a good. That's a good drawing of where everything's going to be. 
lays you know, it out well. Yeah. So, you know, the nice thing about this is so um, one of the shooters, uh, Wade Channer, actually, he sent me a pic in a text message. And I was like, where did you get this? Where did, where did you get this mostly up-to-date modern picture of the club? Yeah. And through, so where I work, I actually have access to Google Pro Earth, which mm. is constantly updated. And the only picture they have of the club was updated in like 2007 before we built any of the stuff. And that's the, the pic that you threw up. Right? Yeah. And I'm like, where did you get this? And he's just like, oh, yeah, I just Googled it. And I'm like, I, no, I've Googled this a hundred times. And he sent me this and um, my wife and I just went through and, you know, put all this stuff on there and say, here we go. Wow. Wow. Huh? No, there's, he, is there, I remember the last time I was there, I thought I saw a campground across. Yeah. The, so right across the lake, there's some yeah. camping. Uh, it's all primitive camping. There's no hookups for things. We've got a couple people who are, are going to camp with us. Um, you know, so last year, uh, Kurt, uh, camped with us. And so this year we've got two other people that are going to camp. So we're going to, have a little group of people over there at the campground. Very nice. Yeah. I, I think, I think that's actually kind of cool. Uh, I have a camper myself and I, I would love to have places where you just like, you can go camping and be like right next to, or near the shooting venue, you know, to go shoot and then everything. And then once you're done going back to your camper, chilling out, relaxing, you know, nice old barn fire or whatever. You oh, know. Yeah. Yeah, our club actually, so what we've just uh, finished up building here, I'll stop sharing so we can go back to having a real conversation. Uh, <laughs> so the, uh, the club actually, we just built a, a pavilion, a covered pavilion, concrete patio, you know, picking tables and stuff over there, across from our 100-yard line where the camping area is. And um, we're actually getting ready to, to do a renovation on our uh, bathroom facilities, uh, mo modernize those. So in our bathrooms, you know, at the club, we've got a shower, we've got, you know, running water, all, all that stuff. And um, so what's really nice is, you know, we get club members, you know, my wife and I, we'll, we'll, we live 24 minutes away, we'll go camping. Right. Because you, know, you can basically set up real quick, you can shoot, you can do whatever you want to do. And then once shooting's done, you walk over to the pier and you start fishing. And, yep. you know. Five years ago, the club paid a couple, a lot of money. What's this called? I think it was like close to a million dollars. And we drained wow. it, we dredged it out. We put a whole new dam in at the one end, you know, water. And then we restocked it with like a quarter of a million dollars worth of fish. Wow. We actually pay um, a, a, a company that comes out and they actually maintain the fish population, keep the uh, invasive species out. Um, the EPA comes out and checks the, you know, the, the wildlife and everything. And we've got amazing wildlife around the club. Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, we, we do every bit that we can to utilize and, and, and improve and maintain the, the nature around that lake and around the club you know, as best we can. Nice. That's, that's very nice. I'm going to just say right now and, Put it out there that it is a very beautiful place over there. Thank you, sir. 
what's the wait? How long's the wait list to become a member there? Actually, uh, <laughs> so uh, we we do memberships uh, after the first of the year. So basically, what happens is, is you know all the current members have to pay their dues by the end of January, um, and then we have the wait list of members uh, that are uh, you know trying to sign up, and what they do is. You know, they'll call everybody in in order that they're on the list and you get three times where you can defer because whatever reason right so and your name just sticks at the top but you defer out and they'll go through the list and they'll they'll clear off all the defers and then they'll do um 40 invites and oh. on how many people didn't renew their membership or have passed on or whatever right um they'll determine where we are so we have a, a club cap um at a thousand members and generally we're always sitting somewhere around the 875 to 900 nine nine and a quarter members so generally in an average year we'll clear off of our waiting list about 100 members and uh, as of the this year in january our wait list was at 140. wow so there's a there's a strong chance that guy on wait list number 140 could potentially get an invite this year to join the club so, wow yeah okay yeah, that place is big. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the the shooting complex where we actually just shoot, where all the bays are, where all the ranges are, that sits on about 110 acres. Wow. And the club owns a buffer pretty much all the way around the perimeter, except for a couple little gaps where people who own it are friendly to the club. Um, that's close to a thousand acres. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So we sit basically <laughs> in the middle-ish of that and then own around it. And then the only place where the, you know, where the road comes in, that's the tightest buffer that we've got against the club. Okay. Gotcha. Not bad. Yeah, and going back to the Wi-Fi, it is kind of a little surprising. As close as we are to Richmond down there, yeah, that that it's such so sketchy. Yeah, so it's, it's really on the edge of nowhere. <laughs> so now I I do have a question. Um, the payment is by mail. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, the reality is it comes down to the political nature of PayPal. Um, gotcha. You know, uh, if PayPal sees X number of activities over a period of time, they are required to automatically report to the IRS. And if they see a payment uh, path where you go over, I think it's $1,000 in a 30-day period of time, 
of friends and family payment, they're actually required to send you a 1099. Hmm. Problem is, is they're not required to send you a 1099 in that calendar year or tax year. They could send you that 1099 up to three years later. Wow. wow. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> I, I know some match directors that were using PayPal and basically three years later, they got a 1099 to their social security number and they're like, Hey, you took in $80,000. What'd you do with it? <laughs> oh Lord. Hookers wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you know, I, I know, you know, so when I was the area director, right, I set up a, an LLC and I basically built the Stripe account. We built, you know, had an EIN and you know, all of that ran through and, you know, I paid taxes on everything for the area and, you know, Ted's doing the same thing. And, um, you know, we were using Stripe uh, as a credit card processing uh, platform. So, you know, the, my, my first year as area director, we were charging you know, $165 for the match. Well, immediately $10 of that went to Stripe, just like right. That, right, for processing fee. And if you had to do uh, a, refill, a refund or you had to do a partial refund, then, then, then you lost another 5%. And, you know, once you got to a certain dollar value, they took another cut and it, it was just, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't worth the effort and, you know, it makes it very convenient and easy for the shooters, right? Hey, I put my credit card in, I can squad right away. Yay, I'm going. But the match incurs a lot of penalties, a lot of fees, a lot of problems after the match to have that convenience. And, you know, I had a lot of shooters ask me, hey, how come we can't use PayPal or Vimo or this or that? And I'm like, well, you know, the IRS has rules that those guys have to play by. And when you start sending that to a, a private account, um, that triggers after a certain dollar value. And, you know, I, you know, I'm not even at a quarter of the budget of what we were doing for the area match uh, for USPSA area match for running the steel match. And, you know, when you stop and think about that, you know, an, an average area match is bringing in eighty, ninety thousand $90,000 of income and getting all of that money in a two-week period, essentially. You know, red, red flags, throw them up, red flags. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. So, um, so I basically, so what my wife and I did is, you know, we set up another account through a credit union. Um, you know, we, we formed a, you know, a little BSL LLC and we have it assigned to that with the tax uh, identity, identity number. So it's not us, but to avoid the fees, to avoid the IRS hassle, to avoid all of the crazy, I take checks, you know, makes sense. Yeah, yep. is, is, is it a pain because you got to go find your checkbook? Sorry. Is it, uh, <laughs> you know, is it a pain to me because now I got to keep track of your check. I got to take it to the bank. I got to, because I do it through a credit union. They don't have a mobile app and all. all, all. So I got to go to the bank. I got to give them the checks. I have to watch them, put them all in there. Give me a receipt and I have to come home and I have to wait, make sure everybody's check cleared. Right. Mm -hmm. 
So once I get the check, I'm actually approving people's squad, sending them on their way. If their check doesn't clear, then that's a whole problem, right? Um, I get people, you know, who send me money orders or they send me bank drafts, and and that's fine, right? It's out of their account. It's like they sent a credit card. They don't have to worry about it. Done. That works. But again, it's not only to protect me from the IRS and the fees, but it's also to help keep the match fees down. Because the reality is, is if I did a credit card processing, I would have to pass that $10, $12 to process that credit card onto the shooters, which may raises the match fee, which then causes more credit card fees. So it's, it's brutal, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it, it's it's reality, and I mean that's one thing yeah. that's it's very interesting that a lot of people don't uh, realize that you know. And again, you mentioned earlier they just come in to shoot. They're just like, hey, look, I, yeah. I'm just here to shoot, not realizing that hey, uh, there's there's a lot of things going behind the curtain that ha- has to be done, and and like you said, the credit cards thing, you know, Visa or whoever they want their cut. Mm-hmm. You know, and every little every little nick that they can get, they're going to get that. They're going to get. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I hope you run into the, yeah, you run into the problem of, you know, PayPal is blatantly op- openly anti-gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the reality is, is all it takes is some person to put a note on their transaction meet or shooting event. PayPal locks my account. It's done. Can't get that money. It's. Whatever's left in that account is locked away. It's gone forever. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. There, there, there was a match director a couple of years ago who was using PayPal, wasn't here in Area 8. And uh, he had 80% of his match funds account. And somebody said, shooting match. And PayPal locked his account. Done. He could not get that money. Wow. Wow. Yep. I would, so, I would, I would find a way to find an office, and I'd be talking to somebody face to face. Yeah, so that'd be an ugly maybe. day for everybody. <laughs> maybe in the history of the world. Yeah, but, so uh, it, just make sure you understand, people out there. You know, not just Area Eight, but other places. Do not put for shooting <laughs> event on the exactly on there. You yeah. know, wow. Um, you know, organizations like Stripe, which was, you know, ro- widely regarded as very open, very um, uh, liberal in their views, right? Not leftist liberal, but liberal in their views in terms of, hey, right. you're going to do you, I don't care. You know, Much go. more open, yeah. Right. Um, has really shifted, and now they're very um, anti, anti-gun, anti-Second Amendment. And, wow. Um, they, they're fees have gone up and up and up and up. So, you know, there's other credit card processing companies that are more friendly towards the second amendment, but they charge more money. Right. Right. So your cutoff is, is you roll the dice and hope that they don't bust you and blast your account um, in the middle of an event or you pay more money. And, right. you know, um, I actually spent a lot of time. Uh, Mike Danjack actually has got a buddy who runs a credit card processing we talked to him about what he could do for us you know obviously very gun friendly and 
it, it really came down to it, it, it would change our uh, fees from basically around $7 a shooter for the area match to almost $14 for the, the same amount of money. Wow. And, you know, in an area match, okay, you have 500 shooters and you lose $14 on every 500, <laughs> every shooter. Adds up quick. Adds yeah. up fast. Yeah. That's, that's hey, I, I can afford to buy everybody who signs up lunch or I could buy everybody who shows up a shirt. Yeah, seven grand. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quickly gone. Yep. Um, so, you know, there, there's there's a lot. Actually, we were for USPSA. So obviously USPSA for nationals, they take credit cards, they process it. They use the, uh, you know, the primary banking account. So they actually have a relationship. They have actual money that backs up that credit card processing. Um, and we, we actually broke it down in the Hurricane National. Right. That was really famous. Well, you know, the organization lost like twenty four thousand dollars on Hurricane Nationals. Sixty percent of that was credit card processing fees. Wow. Because we had to refund all those people with money. Wow. Mm. Mm. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of money in processing fees. Yeah, it you know. So you, you look at it from here. Here's the convenience. I can pay credit card, rock and roll. I love it. It make, makes it easier on me too, right? But I got to pay for it. I got to do this. I got to do that. And at some point in time, the, um, the, the soup doesn't match the kitchen. <laughs> you know, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, fiscally, it doesn't make I sense. rock soup, and I live in a mansion. <laughs> 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 Nope. Ain't worth it. Yeah. Is there anything more you want to add about the steel championship? Um, you know, uh, it's drag racing with a gun. Um, if you haven't <laughs> shot steel challenge and you think cause you're a, you know, a cool USPSA shooter with uh, mad, mad splits, um, <laughs> Try, try and do it. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I've seen many GM USPSA shooters um, humbled uh, on, on Steel Challenge stages. And they're like, it's the same eight stages all the damn time. Yeah, it is. But, you know, every time you pick up the gun, you got to drive the gun faster and faster and faster. And, uh, that you miss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, those are all the questions I have. Huggy, you have anything else? No, I just want to say uh, again, thanks. I've had a wonderful time. Kevin, you're an awesome person. Uh, I hope to see you, you know, at a couple of matches. And, yep. Uh, yep. We'll, we'll, we'll be out and I'm, you know, planning, you know, coming up for Shadowhawk uh, a couple times this year. Um, you know, Fredericksburg is, you know, probably going to happen. Obviously, you, know, you guys come down to Cavalier for USPSA or, you know, come on down for my monthly steel match. It's, uh, you know, we do that too every month. Uh, oh, yeah. Second Saturday. So, yeah. Uh, I will right. be definitely coming out and playing with you guys. Awesome. I appreciate this. <laughs> thanks for, uh, thanks for letting me come on and, uh, pimp my match and tell you little stories and, <laughs> it was an education. 
yeah, yeah. Really educate you know people on um, you know how much it costs to do things. You know, yes. Think about this. You know, why am I paying one hundred and eighty dollars to go shoot an area match? Well, an area match has 50, 60 staff members in it. Those staff members have to stay in a hotel for three or four nights. The average bill for my area matches was $25,000 for hotels. Wow. Mm. Not cheap. No. Goodness gracious. Because you know what, you, you could you could put everybody in a Motel Six, you just never see the staff again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least there. the light would be on for you. Uh, oh, Tom Burdett, he'll he'll leave a light on for you. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly it. Oh, I'm gonna have to have Dave tell you a story about him and uh, at Nationals. <laughs> Wait, what, what story? The dog, oh. you and Leo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. I, I'm I'm famous for staying at uh, motels, not hotels. So, <laughs> and so I told Lee, I was like, "Hey, I stayed at this place for the Florida Open. It's you know 25 minutes from the range. The year earlier, he went to Frostproof, and he was like an hour or an hour and a half away from the range, one way. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Oh no, this is like 25 minutes." And I'm like, you know, you can park right outside the room. So I just back up, you know, whatever stuff I need, I can grab, bring in the room. So I forget what day it was, second or third day of the match, Nationals in 2020. We come out, and there's some uh, dogs roaming the area. And I guess they looked at Leo, and they're like, hey, this looks like a big, raw prime rib. And uh, started... <laughs> started to get aggressive so leo's like getting ready to go back in and get his gun i'm like no no i got it and i did my whole dog thing i mean i've had big dogs my whole life i, I am i've been in more dog fights than people fights <laughs> so i let them know who the alpha dog was <laughs> next thing you know they're like running across the the parking lot that's all yeah it's a good time that was actually leo came. always the challenges with frostproof right great range but if you wanted to stay in a decent hotel where your life wasn't constantly in danger from roving packs of dogs, um, you, you basically had to you drive an hour. You know? yeah. yeah. The first time I went down there, I, you know, Clay Clem, Kelly Cobain, Alex, and I jumped in a car and drove down to Frostproof. And we stayed at uh, Sebring uh, at the racetrack. Yeah, and we stayed in Sebring. That was, that was amazing. Because I mean, literally, you wake up and it's who picked this hotel? <laughs> yeah, we stayed in North Sebring, so yeah, uh, yeah they funny. they stayed they stayed at this one hotel. I stayed at another hotel down the road. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go to the Holiday Inn. Yeah, but fair. But hold on, now you had your wife with you too. Yeah, yeah, we did yeah. not. Yes, I don't but, care what, you know, I always say, if it has walls and a roof and running water, that's all I need. I'm good. But we, I will have to say, we did find the best hole-in-the-wall restaurant, though. Yes, we did. It's called yeah, the, Turkey Turkey Tavern. There you go. Um, there you go. It's camouflage. Yeah. <laughs> the, other, the other thing with staff, though, in a hotel is if you put them in a hotel that's got 
you know, a crappy bag. Um, a bite by the third day of shooting, they're so miserable that you you you're guaranteed to DQ the super squad because the staff is hurt, they're, they're tired, their back is stiff, the beds suck, the showers are small and cold. You want that staff back? You want those people happy on Sunday? Pay for the Hampton. Pay for uh, you know, you know, yeah. Hilton Garden Inn. Yeah. Don't put them in a motel. There you go. There you go. So exactly. Yeah. Well, Kevin, we appreciate you coming on. It was a good talk. Um, I, it. I hope the uh, Steel Championship goes well for you. Thank you, sir. And I'll see you guys on the range. Absolutely. Until next time. Don't be a little bitch. Yeah. Mm-hmm.